0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. My name is Scott Jennison. I'm the Acquisitions Manager here at Streamline Property Buyers.
0: Yes, welcome back, everybody. Melinda Jennison is my name, Managing Director here at Streamline Property Buyers. And this week, we have an episode where Scott's going to do a lot more talking than me, which might be a surprise to some because we are going to take a deep dive into building and pest inspections, when to do them, how they're done, um, and some of the considerations that you need to uh, keep in mind when you are negotiating with a sales agent or a seller after an inspection report has been completed.
1: Yeah, so we thought we'd um, vary it up a little bit. Obviously, Um, Here at Streamline, we we talk about our qualifications. And as Melinda said, I am a licensed builder, um, have been for many, many years now. Um, We've also got, obviously, Melinda's a qualified property investment advisor, along with Umbrella and our team. And um, we're also award-winning buyers agents. So um, a big congratulations to, one, to Melinda, who um, has recently won for the second year in a row, the REIQ Buyers Agent of the Year. And this year, our team at Streamline Property Buyers were awarded the Buyer's Agency of the Year. So fantastic news um, and and well done to our whole team as well.
0: Yes, we are very excited actually about these awards. It's wonderful to be recognised amongst industry peers and it does also exemplify the fact that we do follow industry best practice. Uh, We are very ethical in our approach and of course, we have a high quality Customer satisfaction rating. So client results are at the forefront of what we actually do. So yeah, thanks for shout the shout out, Scott. Um, we are very excited about the accolades. But uh, now let's get into today's podcast.
1: Sorry, just one quick one when I mention our team. I will mention the whole team. So Andy, Briley, Stacy, Pauline, and Seth. Thank you very much for all your support. Um and um, it's you know, we really, really value it as well. So building a pest. Um, it's something that people probably don't understand a lot of. So there's a couple of different ways to buy a property and, and Queensland is very different to other States. So I, I might add that at the start that um, there are properties when you negotiate, for example, you can put an offer on a property conditional to a building and pest. Um, it's up to you. We'll explain all that through it. So it is very different state to state um, Queensland being very different. So quite often what you can have is um, especially if properties are going to auction, Um, you might find that the sales agent um, on behalf of the, the, the seller will provide you with a building and pest report.
0: So when this happens, a lot of buyers ask us, and therefore we feel it is a concern that a lot of buyers in the general public might have. The question that they ask is, can we rely on a report that's being provided by the seller or the selling agent? Well, the truth is that every Building and Pest Inspector is independently licensed through the QBCC, which is the Queensland Building and Construction Commission here in Queensland. So you can actually perform a license check on the Building and Pest Inspector that is providing the report to you. And you can do that by visiting the QBCC website and doing a license search. Therefore, if you know that you are relying on an independent report and they have an obligation to report independently regardless of who's paying them, um, in most instances that report can be relied upon. However, not all property inspectors or building and pest inspectors complete reports in a comprehensive way and there's a lot of variation in the reports that Scott would read that are provided to us from some building and pest inspectors uh, some are much more thorough than others.
1: yeah so when you just on that QBCC search um, being a builder there's different categories of builders as well. Um, myself I'm a medium rise builder so there's different levels there's low rise medium rise, high rise, Um, which is the open license. Um, And then you also have separate licenses for inspectors. So for myself, for example, I'm not a licensed inspector. Um, It is a separate license category. When you do that search, you can actually download um, the the full report of their license. It shows you their license number, the details, the history. That's a really important thing to look for. Have a look at the history. Have a look if there's any um, marks on their name, for example. So if you get anything put against your name, on QBCC license, it is on there forever. Um, so whether that's financial or anything to do with building, so you will have that. So it's a good thing to have a look at, check out who it is. The reports are very different. Um, some, some you'll get 10, 15, some you'll get 30, 40, 60 <laughs> there's, pages. There's pages long of these reports. Um, they need to be very detailed. They need to have a lot of photos in them. That's mm-hmm. always a good thing. A photo will tell a thousand you know, stories on it. So you need to look at those photos, compare it with the notes. If you're a little bit unsure, inspect the property. I would definitely be going through the report, then going back to have a look at the property and just try and get an understanding of what they are. Hopefully you'll understand what you're looking for as well.
0: Now of course there's definitely advantages to you as the buyer when a building and pest inspection report is provided up front because if there are any known issues that are identified in that report if those known issues are a concern for you you can simply move on you've not invested time or money in you know further pursuing that particular property the disadvantages uh, there can be disadvantages in the fact that you may not understand the contents of that report in which case we'd recommend having someone review that for you and potentially attend the property so that they can identify and help you understand some of the things that may have been reported in the Building and Pest Inspection Report. Um, Additionally, as the buyer, if you're receiving a report from a third party uh, you may not own that report. So you may have no legal recourse against that building and pest inspector in the event that there are major issues that are identified after you move into that property. So if you've relied on a report that's provided to you from a third party and you've not been the one to commission that report, you have no legal recourse against that particular building and pest Inspector, So that's also something that you need to be aware of. And again, uh, you can weigh out pros and cons of relying upon that, but there's other actions that you can take to further protect your interests, Scott.
1: So just on that, um, when we talked about why people, and and when you mentioned about, um, should they trust that report? And and as you said, independent inspectors, and they do those reports. One of the reasons probably people do that is, especially if a property is going to auction, it gives you confidence to to buy that knowing that it's past a building and pest or it's they're showing everything as the property is presented. Um, the other is for the seller. And look, if I was selling a property, personally, I would do it myself. I would supply a building and pest report because everything's there. If there's anything that needs to be rectified, you as the seller could rectify it, or at least you're making it nice and clear for the buyers to what is actually what the property looks like so they can hopefully, as you said, understand what it is. Um Contacting the inspector, you can actually contact the inspector. You can request if it's supplied by someone else to say, look, is it okay if I reach out and make contact with them, have a discussion about it? Generally, most of the inspectors will, will be quite happy to have a conversation um, and they will talk to you about it and try and explain to you as well.
0: Most but not all. And again, that comes down to asking those questions and identifying those that are prepared to provide additional information to the buyer who's you know seeking to rely on this report. We have also come across instances where an investment, sorry, a property pest and building inspection report is available, but there is a small cost to you as a buyer to access that report. And then if you are the successful purchaser, you pay, you pay the balance of the uh, cost associated with retaining the ownership of that report. So in that instance, uh, sometimes it's a $49 fee, um, sometimes a little bit more for you to access that report that's being provided by the seller. Again, whilst there is a small investment up front, it does enable you to get some more transparency at a lower cost because the cost of engaging a full building and pest inspector and doing that yourself can be you know, upward of $450 or $500. So again, it's providing a layer of convenience and gives you a snapshot view of the property before you may look to do further due diligence yourself.
1: Yeah. And as you mentioned, you can, uh, I'm not saying all all inspectors will do it, but um, if you're looking to purchase a property, you can actually ask, would they transfer that into your name? Again, there will be a fee in that um, where they will actually transfer it across the ownership on it that gives you some sort of recourse if there is anything that does come up. Sometimes your banks might might like that as well. So a bank might like to have that building in PEST um, if the property is bought under finance where they might like that in under your name as well.
0: And of course, it's always a good idea to understand the pros and cons. Getting the uh, report transferred to your own name does allow you legal recourse. At the end of the day, uh, you know, you've got to then decide: Would you take legal recourse, depending on you know the issues that might be identified in the property? Because going down the legal, uh, you know, route, if you are actually looking to, you know, sue a building and pest inspector for something that they may have missed, you've got to weigh up, you know, the financial implications, the emotional implications, and everything associated with that as well. So again, the purpose of This discussion is to help you understand all of the pros and cons of different approaches Um, and certainly when you are provided with a building and pest report from the sales agent or the seller, um, hopefully that gives you an understanding of whether you can rely upon it and what additional steps you can take if you wish to protect yourself in the event that there's any issues identified that may not have been reported in that report at the time of completion.
1: So pre-contract and post-contract, As we mentioned, sometimes agents will supply it. If there's not one supplied, um, you can then request um, with the sales agent. So if you're interested in the property, you can say, look, we're interested in the property. However, we'd like to organize our own independent um, building and pest inspection. Then it's just a case of coordinating that with the agent for the time that the inspector's available and the agent's available, and you can get access to the property. And you can actually then conduct your own uh, building and pest inspection.
0: So, that can be done prior to entering a contract, although that is a lot less common with a private treaty sale because here in Brisbane, certainly across Queensland, it's much more common to include a finance clause, I beg your pardon, a building and pest clause in the contract to allow for that building and pest inspection to take place after the contract has already been entered into. Of course, when the property is for sale by auction, you are buying unconditionally. So, there absolutely is no opportunity to insert a building and pest inspection clause in the auction contract. So in those instances, if a building and pest report is not provided by the seller or the sales agent up front, it is critical, it is important to actually complete a building and pest inspection prior to going to auction. In reasons or or reason that you may not choose to opt out of completing that prior to auction, maybe if you're intending to knock the property down, uh, like us, we're in the building industry, Scott's a licensed builder, we're willing to take on the risk if we, um, you know, are entering into a contract uh, that may be, you know, for sale by auction, because Scott is a licensed builder. He knows what to look for. So for some people, they'll have a higher risk appetite. They may choose not to obtain a building and pest report. However, for all of our clients prior to auction, we would be recommending that to ensure that they have complete transparency over the condition of the property.
1: Just just before I, I'll just go into obviously organising your own inspection, things like that. Just to give you a bit of an idea, a really quick rundown on the sort of things that um, we look at when we're in inspection. Obviously, we go around the property. They have an obligation to go within approximately 30 metres of the property. This is to check for pests, termites, that sort of thing. Um, fences, um, we look at services, we'll look at, we'll look at the, the roof, the gutter. So look at the whole building itself. Um, and then we will go inside the property. And that's it takes about an hour to do a full inspection. So we'll be opening, closing doors, windows, um, floor coverings, ceilings, fans, air conditioning, etc., Um, and you'll run some taps, you'll you'll flush water. Uh, There's the toilets. There's so many things. They'll also get into depth where not only going up into the ceiling, but they'll check with the moisture reader. So the moisture reader will notify if there's any moisture within the wall, um, which is obviously something you can't visually see, Um, and they'll give you an idea if there's any leaks from the waterproofing or from taps and um, pipes as well.
0: I will say, though, whilst Scott does say, you know, we attend the building and pest uh, inspections, Alongside the building and pest inspector, Scott attends on behalf of all of our clients so that he can run his builder's eye over the property and report on maintenance issues that he also identifies by being there for the full hour. Not all buyer's agents do attend building and pest inspections and, in fact, a large majority uh, just arrange for those to be completed and then... Wait to rely upon the report. The report itself, uh, there's so much more context when you've been at the property and you've been shown the issue. And in fact, if there are any issues identified for our clients, Scott would take an additional video with an explanation of how it can be rectified, whether it is a deal breaker, whether it does present liability risk, especially if it is a property investor. And this is the difference between going the extra mile and helping people to really understand the property because it's our job as buyers agents or buyers advocates to um, identify all of the warts, everything that's wrong with the property so people have complete transparency over what they're buying because property is not perfect. There is no property that you buy that's perfect, even a brand new build, there will be defects in that build because builders are not perfect and tradesmen do not complete perfect workmanship. So being there, running your eyes over the property uh, is the best way to identify these issues and to give context to that report.
1: Yeah. And there's always maintenance in property. Um, It doesn't matter what sort of property it is. There is always maintenance. And generally, um, as I I do say is a bit of a general one, um, everything is fixable too um it just depends on how much it's going to cost and what sort of impact that'll have on the property as well so if if we purchase a property say you're putting it under a building and pest condition um time frame so you need to understand what your time frame will be that will it be 5 10 14 days you need to make sure you've got an inspector lined up so you need to make sure that there is an inspector that you can book in that they have availability and they can actually meet that time frame as well so make sure you do that book ahead think ahead plan ahead um, and make sure you've got that person involved, ready to, to move move ahead, put an offer in and put a conditional if you like for that building and pest report.
0: And remember, timeframes do matter. So if you haven't already arranged a building and pest inspector at the time that you are putting forward an offer, it's really unlikely that you're going to be able to turn that around in seven or 10 days because most quality building and pest inspectors are booked out for one or two weeks in advance. So you really need to have a time slot held. If you like, or an inspector that has availability the following week if you're going for those short turnaround timeframes. Of course, to be competitive, shorter turnaround timeframes on those conditions is going to enable you to make a more competitive offer because it's not always about price, it's also about terms. So being in a position where you can shorten that time frame is going to help you get more eyes on or more attention from the seller on your offer. So again, lining the ducks up and making sure that you have the building and pest inspector on standby in the event that you have found a suitable property that you're wanting to put forward an offer that's going to be conditional to that building and pest inspector uh, inspection. It does make sense to, to have that pre-arranged. It's going to enable your offer to be more competitive in the current market.
1: Obviously after the inspection, um, do a bit of a rundown. Like I, I mean, I sit down with the, the inspector at the end of it, we, we compare notes, Um, And we make sure we do a bit of a rundown area so everything's nice and clear. Um, At the end of the day, usually that night or the next day, um, the inspector will issue the report to you. Um, It's your turn to sit down and read it and understand it. Um, Hopefully you do um, and make sure you do really understand what you're looking at and what you're reviewing, because this is the time that you need to make some decisions.
0: And another thing to ensure that you ask when you're booking a building and pest inspector in is will they make themselves available for a visual, sorry, a verbal discussion off the back of receiving that report? Because sometimes those reports read a lot worse than what the condition of the property might actually be. And the reason for that is that the building and pest inspectors will be protecting their own liability. So they will write in a lot of things that are for their own protection. However, the reality is that the report or the condition of the, uh, the, condition of the property may not be as bad as what that report may read. So being available or having an inspector that is available for a conversation with you after you've received that report is going to be really important in ensuring that you're confident in the decision that you're making to move forward with the purchase when items might be identified and um, included within that report that may be a concern for you.
1: So once you've got that report, obviously then the decisions need to be made once you've you've read through it, you understood it, spoke to the inspector. Um, A couple of things, you can agree to it, go unconditional in the contract um, and, and progress forward from there or if there's any issues that arise, um, that's where you you have the ability to be able to talk to that, negotiate, and discuss this with the agent um, and the seller um, to talk about anything there. Every property, as we said, will have some maintenance. So there will be some things that will come up in these reports.
0: Generally, um, we say if there are things that we have seen at the inspection that are known at the time that the contract has been entered into, you really can't push back and ask a seller to fix or ask for a contract reduction or ask for anything because you should have seen those at the time that you physically inspected the property. It's those other things that you might not have any indication of at the time of the inspection. So, anything that may not be working or functioning correctly because you haven't had the chance to check fans or air conditioning units or appliances that are fixed in the property and if in the building and pest inspection um, you've turned on the oven and it doesn't turn on or the gas cooktop doesn't work or the hot water actually doesn't run it's only cold water if you've identified these things you can start a conversation um, at that time because no one has the expectation that any reasonable person inspecting a property at an open home would be checking for those kinds of um, issues The other thing is moisture in walls, as Scott's identified, no property buyer at an open home is walking around with a moisture reader in in their hand, identifying where there might be moisture in walls. So these are the sorts of things that can spark a conversation with the seller or the sales agent if these sorts of things are identified, because they can be of concern and they can cost you as the buyer um, additional upfront for maintenance, but also ongoing if they are more structural or related to water ingress and water rot.
1: Yeah, and I think – and just keep in mind when you do an inspection, you've probably got 15 minutes to 30 minutes, thereabouts. Generally pretty crowded with a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. At at a building and pest inspection, we have about an hour um, where it's just us there climbing through things, looking in everything. Um, That's when you can really pull things apart. If you start to go and turn hot plates on and um, run taps and flush toilets at a general open inspection – uh, I think you'll probably have the agent tap you on the shoulder as well and ask you to leave. Um, so you've just got to be a little bit careful that way. And that's where the building and pest side of it covers as well. There's three major items. Um, so when I read a report, when I will review um, those report, the three major items that are, I won't, I won't call them deal breakers, that but generally they're the big three ticket items that we can discuss very heavily or in depth with the agent. And that is structural issues. So if the property is structurally unsound in any way, Um, termites so if there's any termite damage existing or previous damage or if there's any live um, activity of termites within the area Um, and the other is water ingress water ingress from different areas wet areas so your showers leaking uh, toilet laundries kitchens um, or even um, any leaks from externally so through the roof or walls windows etc so water ingress um, that's another one they're the three big ticket items
0: And the thing that we also talk about is... Um, it's not uncommon to identify issues. For example, live termites, it's not actually uncommon to see live termite activity. It may not be in the property itself, but it may be in the external perimeter of the property. There might be a tree or some loose timber in the garden where there's live termite activity. Uh, For for us and our clients, that's generally not a deal breaker because that can be treated. And then you can actually move forward with the uh, with the purchase, and in that instance, it's an opportunity to have a conversation with the seller and or and or their sales agent uh, to be able to negotiate the cost. For that to be completed, either gets re- retracted from the contract amount or alternatively, the seller is required to do that prior to settling on the property. So there's ways to negotiate when you identify that there may be an issue that's been raised in that building and pest report. And that's what we're going to run through now.
1: And the little tip for the termite people, don't worry about it too much. That They're not as scary as what they probably sound, the little white ants. Um, if you do see them at any time, don't disturb them. Just, just note them, Take maybe take a photo, notice it, but don't disturb them. So leave them because when they go to treat them, they need to be able to treat them so they take the poison back to the nest and things like that. So don't go, don't go pulling them apart and kicking them everywhere. Um, negotiating with the selling agent on any issues. So I, I guess the big things to understand there, if there is anything there you want to actually say push back on and, and discuss, understand the cost. What is it going to cost to rectify that and get it back to the state that it should be? Um, and then you can request that. They can request that to the seller. So you can put in a request and say, look, if there's these issues that have come up in the building and pest, um, we would like it to be rectified by the seller. Um, and they, have an, they can say yes or no, and that can be done prior to settlement. Um, or you could discuss maybe a, the option of a reduction of settlement um, of an amount. And that can, again, that can be discussed, and that can be done by the uh, solicitors when you go to settle on the property.
0: And one thing that your building and pest inspector is very unlikely to provide is an indication on the cost to rectify any of these additional things that might be identified at a building and pest inspection. So, not only will you need to then um, read the report, understand the report, you potentially need to quantify the cost through other trades. rectify any issues that is assuming that you do want to go through with the purchase and you do want to have that conversation with the selling agent um, on behalf of the seller so it's obviously very property specific and also it's very specific to what the issue might be we always talk about um, with our clients you can never change the location but you can always change the property so um, unless there's major structural defects at a property anything that's minor can be rectified Um, waterproofing issues are actually quite common. There's a lot of moisture readings that may come up in shower recesses. There's ways to treat that. There's ways to prevent that from um, reoccurrence. So these are the things that we can help our clients to understand and then also help to quantify the cost and if necessary, have those conversations with sales agents uh, because these are the things that are not identified entering a contract.
1: So as I mentioned, you, could, you can negotiate. So you can you can ask for those things to be done, a reduction, uh, fix the things. Basically, then it, you can talk to the um, agent about it. They'll talk to the seller. The seller can say, yes, oh, I'm happy to, to do those things or I'm happy to do a, a reduction or the seller can decline. Absolutely. Um, then it comes back to you. Um, as the buyer, you then have a choice. Well, I'll accept it as it is um, because they're not willing to negotiate or they're not willing to, to come to the party with anything on it. Or your other option is that you terminate the contract under the building pest condition. Now, the big thing on that is you need to have grounds to terminate, okay? So if it's just a small thing, a couple of small things that are on there that are not real deal breakers, and as I said, those top three are probably the things that need structural issues, those termite issues or water ingress, they're probably the big three. Other than that, you probably might not have grounds. Again, you probably need to get some legal advice on this one. Um, but you might not have the grounds to terminate the contract.
0: That's right. It's not a get out of jail free clause in a contract. You do quite often need to show grounds for the, you know, cancellation or um, what have you of the contract. In the event that you do withdraw from the contract, Um under uh, proper terms, under one of those major issues that might have been identified, uh, you will have any initial deposit that you've paid refunded. So those deposits are usually held in the sales agent's trust account and there would be a notice for that to be released back to you in the event that the contract is terminated due to building and pest condition or the building and pest condition or inspection rather not actually passing to your satisfaction.
1: So as as we talked about, once you've got those reports, if there is a negotiation, for example, as well, um, and the seller says, yeah, look, I'm happy to do those and I'll, and I'll get all that work completed, um, it's up to you to check it as well. Mm. So when you go through, as we do, if there is anything on those reports, we will have a pre-settlement inspection. We'll check those as well and make sure that everything is as it should be. And then we can actually say, yeah, okay, we're happy to settle because it's all done as as it's been agreed on. The little things, as we talked about, turning on fans it, lights air conditioning checking doors everything like that they're the sort of things that you need to check obviously some of them are maintenance but also you know as melinda said turning on a cooktop turning on an oven turning on a dishwasher you don't have to run it for a whole cycle um and just turning things on and off just to make sure they get power and they actually work you're not gonna be able to tell how how well they work but as long as they do turn on and off Generally, it's a pretty safe, good safeguard.
0: And I will say that's not something that's typically covered in a building and pest inspectors report. It's not their scope. It's the scope, the additional scope that our team at Streamline would do during a building and pest inspection to ensure that everything is functional at the time that the the contract has been entered into. So then at the pre-settlement inspection, we can ensure that the property is in the same condition as it was when, when the property was purchased. The other thing that we always look for at the pre-settlement inspection is that any work that has been agreed to be completed by the seller prior to settlement, that it is done in a workmanlike manner. We don't want to be seeing shoddy workmanship for our clients. It's so important that any agreed works have been completed by qualified tradesmen and asking for evidence of this is often part of the negotiations that we would I'll be looking after on behalf of our clients. So it's some of these tips that help you understand the value that professional partners like Streamline Property Buyers can make to your property buying journey.
1: A couple of things you will see in a report, pretty much every single report that we read. um, He's not a licensed plumber. He's not a licensed electrician and he's not a licensed roofer. Um, So obviously they will recommend that you engage a licensed plumber, electricians, roofers, et cetera, to cover those areas. They do that to cover themselves. Uh, and the other is there's furniture in the property, which generally 90% of them are furnished. Um, they will actually note on there that they couldn't um, visually inspect all of the property. So it puts it to a, a certain level of risk because there is furniture within the property as well. You'll re- you'll see it on most reports, obviously, because, we're, because I go there as well, I can actually have a look around and we can see those types of things. Um, but they're the sort of things just to be aware of as well.
0: I think that's it. We've uh, pretty much covered everything that you need to know about uh, when when to get a building and pest inspection report completed, whether you can rely on those that are provided by the selling agent or the seller directly. And when you do inspect or have the inspector complete the report, what you can and cannot potentially uh, negotiate on and and what your options are if there's something that's significant that's been identified as part of that inspection.
1: Well, hopefully that's been helpful. Hopefully everyone. Um give you a bit of insight in what I do day in, day out here at Streamline Property Buyers. Um, Look, hopefully that was helpful for everyone. As I said, Um, it's been great talking. As usual, I will let Melinda wrap it up. I'm sure the next time we chat, there'll be more data and more information, which um, Melinda will have a few more words in that one than I will myself. So thanks very much for listening. As usual, I'll let Melinda wrap it up and we'll talk again soon. Thanks very much. Bye for now.
0: Yes. Thanks for joining us again on the Brisbane Property Podcast. As usual, if you have enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast player and share this episode with friends and family so that more people can get helpful hints and tips about buying property here in Brisbane. Have a fabulous week. And until next time, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.